0: Hello, my name is Brenna Asplund, and this is Sunrise, the anti-Twilight novel I wrote as a teenager. Looking back at this novel, it's becoming increasingly clear to me how Anne was a bit of a self-insert, although I would have adamantly denied that at the time. Uh, It's hard to deny, though, that her name is Anne, and my middle name is Anne. She lives in my hometown and goes to the school that I went to. And on top of all that, she has the exact same number of siblings that I had at the time. Although, and this is the funny part, I left out my older brother. I just straight up wrote him out of my fantasy life. So if you're listening to this, Ian, sorry. Still, though, Anne wasn't just a self-insert. She was also a bit of a Rose insert. You see, growing up, I had a tendency to write my sister Rose into everything I wrote. At one point, I even started working on a novel with a character straight up just named Rose backwards, Esor, who was dating Loki. And I want to emphasize that this was before the Marvel films. So I was writing fic about Loki before it was cool. And there's actually a second character in Sunrise who was just straight up Rose and we're going to meet her in this chapter. Her name is Delilah, and uh, she's Anne's little sister. So let's meet her. Chapter 3 What? Delilah jumped out of her seat next to me on the couch. Has your mind been taken over by the same aliens that invented Jim? Have you suddenly become sane? She asked, as if sanity was the worst fate anyone could have. Delilah, or Delly as people called her, was convinced that it was. Calm down. She pulled her younger sister back into a sitting position. I refused at first, but then this other guy was condescending me, so I accepted the date to spite him. Deli rose an eyebrow. And how was this person condescending, exactly? Deli was about two years younger than Anne, and incredibly short. Well, he just told me it would be a bad idea to go out with William. But in a very patronizing way. Deli rolled her eyes. You're hopeless. Never mind, Anne said. How was your day? I got detention, Deli said proudly. Now it was Anne's turn to roll her eyes. On the first day? How? Uh, nothing much. I just rigged a girl's locker to spray orange juice at her when she opened it. What did she do to deserve that? Since when do I have to have a reason? She was kind of stuck up and annoying, though. You should have seen her face when the juice ruined her perfect hair. Deli burst out laughing. She was currently wearing a hat that looked like some sort of yellow alien, a t-shirt with a kitty on it, fingerless gloves, a short skirt with leggings under them, and combat boots. Anne sighed. You're hopeless, too. I know, Deli said, smiling. Time for bed, called their mom. Anne stood up, but was soon knocked over by her little brother pushing past her, closely pursued by her two youngest sisters. We're all hopeless, Deli called as she ran after them. Anne sighed and sat back down again. Anne's mom sat down next to her. She looked a lot like an older version of Anne. How was your first day, she asked. Fine, mom, said Anne. Make any new friends? Anne considered this. Kind of, she replied. That's good, said Anne's mom. It's nice to see you laughing with your sister again. Ever since the accident, you've been so depressed. I think this move was good for you, Anne shrugged. "'Anne, look at me.' Anne looked at her. "'I know how hard this must be for you. Everything in your life has been changing so quickly, but never give up. I'm sure it will be all right.' She hugged Anne, and Anne hugged her back. "'So,' said Anne's mom, releasing her. "'What's this I hear about you going on a date? Tell me all about it.' "'Mom!' Anne rolled her eyes and stood up to go to bed. "'Fine, but I expect full details tomorrow night. Oh, and don't forget about your appointment on Wednesday.' "'I won't,' said Anne. The next morning went pretty slowly. English was fine, but Anne decided that geometry must have been invented by the government as a way to brainwash young people into doing their bidding unthinkingly. Or, if not that, at least coming up with conspiracy theories was a good way to keep her mind off similarity ratios. Now it was lunchtime. Anne walked across the cafeteria, heading for the table she had sat at yesterday. "'Hey, Anne! Over here!' Anne looked around to see Joseph waving at her from across the room. When she got to where he was, Anne realized he wasn't sitting alone. There were three other people at the table with him. Anne sat down, not saying anything. She really didn't want to be introduced to these people, but there was probably no avoiding it. She was right. This is Amy, Joseph said, gesturing to a rather slight girl with her black hair tied back in braids. Pleasure, she said, and went back to eating. This is Ivan. Ivan wore wire-thin glasses slightly askew. In fact, that one word pretty much summed up the boy, askew. His entire being seemed to be slightly off balance. And finally, this is Todd. Todd was very large, not fat, just incredibly tall and strong. He looked as if he could easily break through a brick wall. And he smelled really, really strongly of cologne. Hello, said Ivan holding out a hand for Anne to shake. Hi, Anne said, shaking Ivan's hand. Why haven't I seen any of you before? We were sitting at a different table yesterday, replied Todd. His voice boomed. He took a swig from a huge mug next to his tray on the table. Is that soda or something? Anne asked him. Uh, yeah, that's it. Todd took another swig. I'm in your first period class, Amy said, not looking up from a book in her hands. Why didn't I see you? "'Anne was trying hard to recall the faces around her during history. "'People generally don't,' she replied. "'I'm not surprised you haven't seen me. "'I spend most of my day in the sewing room. "'I take normal classes online at home,' said Ivan. "'The sewing room?' Anne asked. "'He's really good at sewing,' Todd said. "'He makes us all of our clothes, but he doesn't have the right equipment at home. "'That's why he does everything here at school.' "'Really?' Anne asked, impressed.' Any chance you could make me a dress? I've been needing a new one. Of course I'd be happy to, Ivan replied, smiling. Joseph told us about how you turned down William, said Todd. That's awesome. I did, Anne replied, watching for Joseph's reaction. But I changed my mind. Joseph froze with a fork full of macaroni and cheese halfway to his mouth. He dropped it and stood up in one fluid movement. What? I chased him down after school and accepted. We're going out for pizza after school. Idiot! shouted Joseph, throwing his hands up in the air. Why? Didn't you listen to a word I said yesterday? Anne folded her arms and glared. Sure. You told me to stay away from him. Are you ready to tell me why? Joseph sat down. He picked up his fork and became incredibly interested in his noodles. Anne glared at him. Hey, Anne! This time the shout came from a table that was mostly empty. There was only one person sitting there, William. "'Coming!' Anne shouted, not taking her eyes off Joseph. She stood up to go. Joseph just stared at his tray. Anne picked up her tray and walked across the cafeteria. "'Have fun eating with a psychopath,' said Amy, when Anne was out of earshot. "'Why don't you just tell her?' asked Todd. "'I can't,' said Joseph. "'It breaks every rule imaginable.' Not only would I be grounded for life, but I would probably be kicked out of the organization. Not if nobody found out, said Todd. Joseph shrugged. Hello, my fair lady, William greeted Anne as she reached his table and pulled up to a chair. William greeted Anne as she reached his table and pulled up a chair. Hi. She took a bite of her macaroni and cheese. I'm so glad me and you can go out for pizza today. I'm looking forward to it. He flipped back his perfect blonde hair and leaned forward. You and I, Anne said. What? Even with his face scrunched up in an expression of confusion, he was beautiful beyond comparison. He also looked like an idiot, but a gorgeous idiot. That's probably why Veronica liked him so much. It's you and I, not me and you. What does it matter as long as we're together? Anne rolled her eyes. But I would prefer we were together intelligently. Ah, but what's more intelligent than following your heart? What do hearts have to do with grammar? Look at me, my sweet. Anne did, and their eyes met. William looked at her so intently that it caught her attention. There was that smoldering again. Anne felt like something was squeezing at her mind. Anne shook her head, and the feeling went away. Anne realized that science was going to start soon. She picked up her tray. Look, I've got to go. William looked incredibly shocked. "'Well, um, I'll pick you up at five, then, shall I?' "'Sure, sounds good.' Anne picked up her tray and dumped it in the trash on her way out. Anne stole a glance at Joseph's table out of curiosity. Joseph was watching her with a sullen expression. During science, Dr. Peterson managed to blow up a fish tank, and the cleanup took long enough to spare Anne the horrible fate of playing dodgeball in gym. "'Dad,' said Joseph, "'we have a major problem.' "'What is it?' Dr. Peterson asked, who was looking for any more shards of broken glass that he had missed earlier. "'Can you help me clean this up?' "'Not right now, Dad. This is important. It has to do with William.' Dr. Peterson stopped cleaning and gave his son his full attention. "'What is it?' "'He started dating the new girl, Anne.' "'And why is that a problem?' asked Dr. Peterson. "'Seems he's asked out every girl in school, but he always cancels after they accept.' "'That's the problem,' said Joseph." "'Anne refused at first, and I think William's actually interested in her. "'He's a known humanitarian, Dad. This could be a real problem. "'He may claim to be a humanitarian, but we have no record of him actually eating anybody. "'These days vampires tend to just get by on raw meat.' "'I know,' said Joseph. "'But maybe he's just never eaten anyone because he's never had the chance.' "'I'm sure it will be fine,' said Dr. Peterson.' Besides, we're not authorized by the organization to do anything unless the threat is certain. But, Dad, we can't just sit around and— I'm sorry, Joseph, but I've got to find a replacement for this fish tank. Dr. Peterson walked out of the room, leaving Joseph to sulk. Will's a vampire? That explains a lot. Joseph froze, then slowly turned around. There was a little girl in combat boots standing behind him. Who are you? Joseph asked. Delly, Anne's little sister,' said the girl, shaking Joseph's hand. "'I couldn't help but overhear you mentioning something about vampires.' "'Uh,' said Joseph. "'Yes, we did say something about vampires. "'We were talking about a video game. "'Yes, that's it.' "'Right,' said Delly. "'And in this game, a character who just happens to be named William "'is going on a date with a character who just happens to be named Anne?' "'Exactly.' My sister is going on a date with a vampire, said Deli. That's so awesome. What are you guys, werewolves? Joseph panicked. How did you know? I didn't, said Deli, until now. Joseph didn't know what to do. He had just given away their biggest secret to a little girl. He thought quickly. How could he get out of this situation? Look, he said, trying as hard as he could to sound confident. You don't really believe in werewolves and vampires, do you? I mean... That would be crazy. Good thing I'm crazy, said Deli. You were saying something about humanitarians earlier? What's that supposed to mean? Joseph gave up. Someone who eats humans, like a vegetarian, you know? Oh, that makes sense. Look, said Joseph, you can't tell anyone about this, okay? Especially not Anne. Please? My sister's going on a date with a bloodthirsty vampire, and I'm supposed to just not tell her about it? Um, yeah. What would you be willing to do to keep this quiet? Almost anything. Well then, said Deli, smiling an evil smile, I think I might have a deal for you, wolf boy. After school, Deli explained to Anne in detail how she managed to build a machine that shot meatballs at the head cheerleader with nothing more than a hollowed-out pen, a rubber band, two paper clips, a wad of gum, and a triple-A battery. By the time she was done with that, it was 4.45. Anne quickly brushed her hair and pulled it back into a ponytail, throwing on a nice pair of pants and a button-down shirt. Anne was ready, but Anne was feeling depressed and angry, so she reached into the back of her dresser and pulled out what was hidden there. It was a bunch of old sketchbooks, every page filled with incredibly realistic pencil sketches. There was a flower, every vein in the leaves completely accurate to life. On other pages there were rabbits, buildings, landscapes, and wolves. Anne sighed and closed the sketchbook, feeling slightly better. The doorbell rang. Chapter 4 Anne hid the books back in her secret compartment and went to answer it. Hello, William, Anne said, walking out the door. I'll be back by 7, Anne called back into the door, hoping her mom or somebody would hear. Please, call me Will. Will had slicked back his hair and was wearing a nice suit. "'I'm sorry,' Anne said. "'I thought the pizza place was casual dress.' "'Oh, it is,' he replied, "'but I wanted to look my best for our first date.' He opened the door of his car for Anne, and she climbed in. His car was a shiny silver thing which looked as if it probably cost enough to feed an entire village in Africa for a month. William climbed into the driver's seat. "'Nice, isn't she?' asked William, patting the dashboard." I suppose, Anne replied, and took a more careful look at the meters. Shouldn't you stop for gas? Nah, it'll be fine. It's not like we're going that far. The needle was practically on empty. It won't take that long. Just stop and get gas. I told you it'll be fine. I told you it'll be fine. William started the car. Anne watched the speedometer climb from zero to 60 in five seconds. They jerked around the corner at the end of the street, then turned another corner with the speed still climbing. "'You're going to kill us both!' Anne screamed, gripping the seat. They zoomed through an intersection and onto the back road connecting Santaquin and Payson. The speedometer now read 100 miles per hour. "'Nobody will die. I'm a really good driver,' William passed a car without slowing down. "'No, you're a stupid driver!' William swerved again to avoid another car, swerving back right away to avoid a car coming in the other direction. "'You slow down right now, or so help me, I'll open the door and jump right out of the car!' Anne shouted, above the noise of the engine. "'You wouldn't do that,' replied William. "'At this speed, it would kill you. So will riding in this car. "'You're bluffing.' "'I am not!' Anne gripped the handle. "'Slow this car down now!' Don't be stupid! I told you before, I'm an excellent driver. I won't crash. Anne pulled and the door swung open. A few houses zoomed past, but Anne could see the reassuring bulk of the mountains rising up behind them. These weren't those dinky hills you got in the east, either. These were real mountains. Wind whipped around her. Okay, okay. William released the gas and gently pushed the brakes. Just close the door, will you? Anne reached for the handle. I can't! "'What do you mean you can't?' asked William, slowing us down further. "'I mean I can't reach the handle!' Anne tried again, and it was just out of her grasp. William sighed and pulled over on the side of the road. Anne unbuckled, closed the door, and rebuckled. "'Okay, let's go, and you'd better not speed again.' William pushed on the gas pedal. Nothing happened. He pushed harder. Nothing continued to happen. He floored it. "'You would be amazed at the nothing that proceeded to happen.' "'What's wrong?' Anne asked. Mm, "'Looks like we're out of gas. "'Why does that not surprise me?' "'Why don't we just have a picnic right here?' suggested William. "'I've got some groceries in the trunk, and it's kind of pretty here.' "'It was true. "'The mountains rose above them. "'Fields and orchards spread out below them "'before they were broken by the rising figure of West Mountain "'across the valley. "'Unfortunately, they were stuck right in between Payson and Santaquin.' And after that, how do you propose we get home? I'm sure someone here will be kind enough to lend us a phone. William pulled his door open and got out of the car. Anne sighed and got out of the car, wondering if this was really worth it just to bug Joseph. William unlocked the trunk and popped it open. Inside appeared to be the entire contents of a small pantry. Anne raised an eyebrow at him. My mom asked me to go grocery shopping this afternoon. "'But I never got the chance to unload anything,' he explained. "'Anne took a second look in the car. "'A small refrigerator was on the list, was it?' "'William shrugged and pulled out a bag of lunch meat from the fridge "'and a loaf of bread from somewhere within the pile of stuff. "'How convenient that there also happens to be a red-checkered blanket "'and a vase full of flowers,' Anne muttered. "'William lay the blanket on the side of the road and started making sandwiches. "'The first one he handed to Anne. "'For you, milady. Anne sat down, keeping a close eye on William, trying to figure out what was wrong with him. Did Joseph's warning have anything to do with the fact that he seemed to keep all his stuff in the trunk? William finished making the second sandwich and took a bite. He swallowed. So, tell me about yourself. Not much to tell. Anne studied her sandwich, daring something to be wrong with it. When she could find nothing, she took a bite. Turkey. Turkey. Oh, come on, you must be interested in something. William caught Anne's eye and stared intently. Not really. There seemed to be something on the edge of her mind trying to push its way in. She remembered a similar feeling from when William had stared at her before. Anne smacked herself in the head. William's brow wrinkled. Sorry, just clearing my head. Anne picked up her sandwich again and started to eat. What is it about you? He leaned "'Toward Anne across the checkered cloth. "'Anne swallowed and rolled her eyes. "'That makes you go crazy? "'Come on, you gotta be able to come up with a better line than that. "'Actually, that isn't what I was thinking, but it comes close enough.' "'William leaned back and stretched. "'Where did you move from?' "'Idaho,' I replied. "'A car drove slowly past and disappeared around a bend in the road. "'Did you like it there?' "'Well enough.' "'Do you like it here?' Anne shrugged. What do you like to do in your free time? Anne ignored the question. William obviously didn't actually care that much, as he then proceeded to go on and on about what he liked to do in his spare time. It seemed like he was captain of every sports team at the school. The sun was setting, giving the world a soft orange glow. Anne shivered in the early spring air. It was probably around 7 o'clock by now. William ran out of things to say about himself. "'You still haven't answered my question,' he said. "'What do you do in your free time?' Anne stood up, ignoring his question. William followed and picked up the blanket, stuffing it into his trunk. "'I'll just grab my jacket out of the front seat, and then we can find a telephone.' He walked to the driver's seat door and pulled on the handle. A stream of paint shot out of the car, completely covering him in orange gunk. William spluttered and spat, trying to rid his mouth of the foul liquid." My hair, he screamed, bringing a hand up to his ruined locks. Deli rolled out of the car, clutching her stomach and laughing so loud, a group of birds jumped out of a nearby tree in a panic. You did this, William pointed an accusing finger at her. Deli looked up at him from her position on the ground and considered the statement. Normally I would blame it on aliens, she said, but I couldn't stand it if someone else got credit for this one. William lifted his foot and stomped on Deli, or at least on the ground where Deli had been. She had quickly rolled out of the way and climbed up his back. She wrapped her legs around his neck and let them support her weight, dangling upside down. "'Hi, sis!' she called, waving. "'How the heck did you get here?' Anne asked, but didn't get an answer due to William reaching up and pulling Deli off him. Delly fell to the ground but bounced up instantly, dashing between William's legs and then bringing her own leg around in a roundhouse kick— knocking him to the ground. "'Stop it!' Anne shouted, but was ignored. Deli was now jumping up and down on William's back. "'Get ready to taste defeat!' she shouted, then assumed a martial arts pose. "'Deli style!' William pulled himself up, spinning around and grabbing Delly before she could scramble away. He slammed her against the car. "'You're going to pay for this!' Deli pouted. "'You would beat up a girl half your size?' "'That's not very gentlemanly, you know.' "'Stop!' Anne shouted again, grabbing onto William's arm. "'That's my sister!' William froze, noticing Anne for the first time since getting covered in paint. He looked at Anne, then at Deli, trying to come to a decision. Deli took advantage of the hesitation and bit down on William's hand. William dropped her and shook his head. William dropped her and shook his hand, then turned to Anne, assuming an expression of total innocence— I wasn't going to hurt her. I was just trying to stop her. But you said you would make her pay, Anne said accusingly. Um, said William, I meant the laundry bill. This shirt is dry clean only. Anne wasn't buying it. I'm sorry, okay? I suppose I did lose my temper a little. But it took me ages to get my hair right, and this paint will probably never come out. I really didn't mean to hurt her, I swear. You're not supposed to swear, potty mouth, Deli said from her position a few feet away. William tensed but stayed still, shooting Deli a vicious glare. She stuck out her tongue. Anne walked over to where Deli was standing. How did you get here, anyway? Deli jerked her thumb behind her. The car that had gone by earlier came back around the bend. It slowed down as it reached them, and Joseph stuck his head out the window. Uh, hi, he said ready to go? Almost, shouted Delly, who ran over to William, kicked him in the shin, and then darted through the back door of Joseph's car. Want a ride? she asked, shoving Joseph out of the way and sticking half her body out the window. I looked over to William. His glare was now directed at Joseph. Go ahead, he said. I'll look for a phone and get the car towed. Anne walked over to the car. It was a beaten down light green car with fabric interiors, it smelled vaguely of a chemistry lab. Anne opened the door and climbed in. I know it's not very nice, said Joseph, pressing on the gas, but it works. It might not have been as nice, but it was a lot more comfortable than William's car. What's going on? Anne asked. Well, Delly replied in a whisper that wasn't actually that quiet. I skipped school yesterday so I could follow you around. Why? asked Anne. Delly shrugged. Eh, because I felt like it. Anyway, the morning was boring, but lunchtime was really entertaining, so I decided to follow Joe and his friends around instead of you. I got major blackmail material on this guy, so I forced him to give me a ride so I could follow you on your date and prank William. In the driver's seat, Joseph pretended not to hear what Deli was saying. Why do you want to pull a prank on him? Anne asked. Because he's the biggest loser this side of the Milky Way. "'Plus, he's a perfect target. "'He cares way too much about appearances. "'People like that are always fun to prank.' "'Joseph laughed at this. "'I admit, I'd give anything to have a picture of his face "'when that paint shot at him.' "'Oh, really?' asked Deli, pulling out a camera. "'No way!' said Anne. "'Deli waved a hand. "'I rig all my pranks to take pictures. "'I like to immortalize the triumphs.' "'Can I see the picture?' asked Joseph. "'Can I tell Anne what I found out about you?' All amusement drained from Joseph's face. I'd rather you didn't. What do you have on him anyway, Anne asked. I can't tell you, replied Deli. That's the whole point of blackmail. Can't you just threaten not to tell other people? Delly sighed. I wish. He says it's bad enough that I know, and I can't let anyone else in on it. He specifically said not to tell you. Oh, really? Anne asked, raising an eyebrow. I suppose it wouldn't have anything to do with why he hates William so much, would it? I don't hate William, replied Joseph, turning a corner. I just don't think you should go out with him. Why? asked Anne. Do you have a crush on me? Is that why you're so much against me dating another man? What? asked Joseph. Of course not. He's dangerous. Dangerously close to stealing your girl. Anne was having fun watching him squirm. No, it's just that... Joseph pulled to a stop in front of their house. Deli hopped out immediately, and Anne followed. Just that what? Since you aren't yet prepared to tell me, I think I'll just have to go on more dates with William, Anne said before closing the door. Anne really wished she hadn't said that. She really didn't want to go out with William again. Not after this fiasco, but Anne couldn't go back on her word. Anne was in a worse mood than she had been before the date. She went down to her room and opened the secret compartment. She gasped. They were gone. That's it for today's episode. Join us next time when Anne goes on another date with William in an isolated canyon far away from civilization, and it goes about as well as you'd expect.